Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast. Join us each month to hear ideas, inspiration and practical advice from people making change through music. These conversations are hosted by me, Anita Holford of Music Education Works and Writing Services. So I'll be focusing in particular on breaking down barriers to music through communication and advocacy, but from quite a broad perspective. I really hope you'll enjoy them. And now on with the show. Hello, it's Anita here and welcome to this mini podcast series looking at how music organisations are responding to the current pandemic. The purpose of these episodes is to share how people in the music education and community music sector are responding in terms of their support to young people. There's a lot we could go into, the pros and cons of online, the financial and organisational implications of such a massive change. But for now, I'm just focusing on the support to young people and I'll signpost to any other information people are able to share in the blog post that accompanies this podcast. Every organisation, of course, has a different setup and a different capacity to respond. And there may be some people who are simply not able to continue with operations. So if that's you, I hope you're able to get back to the work that you care about very soon. And now I'm really pleased to introduce my guest for this episode, who is Steph from Pie Factory Music, which is a youth work charity based in East Kent. Hi, Steph. Thank you so much for coming on to talk to me. Thanks for having me. So can you start by telling me a little bit about what your organisation does and how you got to be involved in the organisation? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, so we're, as a charity, we'll be celebrating our 20th anniversary next year. Um, We actually initially were set up as a youth music action zone back in the day when when that was all being set up across the country. And it actually started on a desk in our local district council. Um, A couple of people locally felt like there was a real need in terms of access for young people getting music education for free. So that's kind of how it started. And then eventually the need was so great that after a year an independent charity was formed and that's when we became Pie Factory Music. So under kind of more normal circumstances we run an ex-youth and community centre which has we've kind of kitted it out with an industry standard studio, rehearsal rooms and then lots of space for young people to do kind of creative activities and lots of outreach work as well. So we go, we take a converted minibus, which we call our mobile music unit. And we normally drive to places where they just don't have as much access to resource. And we kind of do pop-up um, workshops and projects and things like that. So yeah, it's been a real different season for us. We're very used to very on the ground, face-to-face work and yeah it's been a really interesting time for us me personally so I actually got involved when I was um, a young teenager with Pipe Factory Music as a participant they were offering free guitar lessons and at the time I knew I think I knew two chords and felt like I wanted to know a few more so I went along to they had a rock school at the time and I, I got some free guitar tuition and really caught the bug and realized that actually songwriting was a thing that I was just kind of it was in my bones and I wanted to explore that so I kind of carried on carried on going to a lot of um, sessions and eventually became a peer mentor and a volunteer Um, I then went off and did a bit of training and then came back um, in my early 20s as a workshop leader and then got more involved with the project management side of things and my role now is managing director so I've it's been a pretty varied journey but I feel really privileged to have walked all the way from participant through through to that where I am now. 
That's a great story. And that's why I wanted you to sort of introduce yourself in that way. That's really, really good to hear that you come through that progression route and end up where you are today. That's great. So in terms of the current situation, can you just talk me through when and how you started to think about what you were going to do in response? Yeah, so I think we, the week before lockdown was announced publicly, we had a kind of emergency meeting with our core team, knowing that our centre would probably close, our offices would need to close, and we would need to be working remotely. So in that meeting, we basically kind of initially our first thing to do was to highlight the young people that we were particularly concerned about. Um, So that came before programming and all that other stuff. We were looking really at the young people who perhaps would struggle with food and the basic kind of of needs being met. So we kind of highlighted a lot of young people that way and gave different team members the responsibility for checking in with them as this kind of big change was about to happen. And we've continued that throughout lockdown and then really our approach has been to just to absolutely increase our online presence and to provide as many spaces as we can for young people to continue to be creative to see faces of our team to see familiarity and to kind of yeah I don't know I think initially we thought it was just perhaps quite a short-term thing yeah and as it's gone on we've had to yeah, we've just had to re kind of re- shift in terms of ha- just that perception, really. And how many young people do you normally work with, and how many young people are you working with now? We normally work with about 1,500 each year across two districts, mm-hmm. and out, out of those, probably about 600 of those are really regular, so coming multiple times a week to different sessions that we run. Online, it's, that's one really interesting area how you measure who's engaging um you know in sessions you have attendance records and you you can physically see the young people online it's a really interesting space in terms of engagement what we're classing as engagement yes Um, are we saying if you like a post that's engagement is it a chat on instagram on a dm you know so in terms of our reach it's hugely spiked on social media i think we're still getting to grips with comparing that to face-to-face work if i'm honest it's a whole new world in that sense can you talk me through what you're actually doing all the different types of activities that you're offering and the types of contact you're having with young people yeah in terms of our kind of quite public facing stuff we're doing a lot of online sessions so a couple of sessions that used to happen in our center we've moved them onto zoom actually we're using that platform and so one of those is like a band we call it band factory and it's young people who want to learn instruments and form bands and work on collaborating so they're meeting once a week and going off and learning different songs and coming back together once a week for a check-in do you do music making on that zoom call i know i've spoken to a lot of people that because of the lag it's just really difficult to make music together some people are finding ways to do that but in not very satisfactory way so is it mainly sort of having a conversation then going away and and working on your music or do the young people actually make music with the music leaders so it is main it's mainly a check-in and giving them a bit of focus for the week ahead they do bring their instruments and they do go over if they're maybe one of them is struggling on a particular riff or something like that then they might play that to the cheetah and and get some feedback but not yeah we're not finding it that that's a good place to kind of collaborate everyone playing at the same time yeah 
Yeah, so that's that's one of the sessions. We're doing a similar thing with a group who would usually be making music in our studio. And we've actually found the Chiranga platform really, really helpful for both of those groups. Ah, oh, is that VIP? Um, yeah, VIP. And yeah, so that's ju- it's just given definitely in terms of access a real open door to young people that haven't got anywhere near that sort of software at home yeah that's been really good and can you tell me a little bit for the benefit of people who won't know Churanga and VIP what that involves and how young people access that and how you work with them on that absolutely so it's basically a um an online music making tool a little bit like a garage band or logic or pro tools simplified version of that but it's completely online so you don't need any sort of software and youth music have given up to us for free um, as grant holders um, so young people all they need to do is log on and they actually form part of our organization so they can submit work that they're doing to our tutors who can track it and comment and collaborate and that's just been a really useful space for kind of pulling together all the little bits that they're doing and evidence what they're doing because that's been one thing that we found moving things online it's hard enough to sort of well evidence work face to face but online it's even harder so that's just been a really nice platform to kind of capture their journey and for our tutors to be able to check in with them on how they're getting on and yeah that's been really good that sounds great i've seen on your website you're doing challenges as well aren't you for in that yeah. I presume that's open to any young people in east kent is yeah, that right absolutely yeah and we we sort of we felt like we wanted to do a mixture of online sessions and we felt like Instagram was the biggest place that we already had quite a lot of our young people engaged with. So we decided that we'd actually curate like a daily challenge that we'd put out at the start of every day. And they're, they're a mixture of things. So there's quite a few that are music based. So we've done found sounds challenges where we've asked them to get sounds from their kitchen and turn that into a song. And um, we've done cover song challenges, songwriting challenges, lip sync battles, album recreation photos, all sorts of fun stuff. And our approach with that really was to give some consistency and a place that young people knew they could find us and our team every day. And certainly at the beginning, it did feel like there was so much on offer. I felt quite overwhelmed with the amount of emails I had of amazing, amazing opportunities, but it almost felt too overwhelming to start. Yeah. We actually felt like actually if we just offer one thing really consistently and every single day Monday to Friday that perhaps would help kind of ground our team and ground our young people to know that was going to be there and that's been really fun that's been a real a real focus we've seen loads of young people sort of having fun doing that stuff and sending in their submissions so they yeah. share it back as a sort of competition or not a competition but they share they share stuff back by the end of the day yeah um so some are daily and some we give them a little bit longer if we've given them a bit of a, a tougher challenge and then yeah we share what whatever they're happy for us to share and we're also keeping we're keeping copies of everything that they share so that at the end of this we can produce something really special that just shows the journey for all of us, all the different things our team have done and our young people have done. That's been a real, I feel like that's been a good, a good focus for all of us. Yeah. And then beyond that, I think a lot of our work actually behind the scenes is pastoral care at the moment. So we've seen a huge increase in the amount of young people who are needing quite intensive support, um, mental health support. We run a food bank and we've been 
inundated with requests for support in that way, care packages, and also just being a bit of a bridge organisation if other support is needed. So we, we actually experienced a lot of young people who were usually getting support through school when they were taken out of school when lockdown started. Even though that support was still there, they did not know how to access it. And there was definitely a sense of isolation in terms of yeah just not seeing the regular faces in terms of pastoral care so we've done quite a lot of work to make sure that young people are still accessing the support they need hardship funds all that sort of stuff so you can't really see that on our social media but that's I would say that's about 70% of our work at the moment. Oh that's interesting because when I went on your website I saw that the impression I got is that you're very integrated in with other services because there are sort of big buttons on your website to signpost people to other youth services as well that was quite an immediate thing that I noticed on there. Yeah. Are young people referred to you and then you also refer to services is is that right it's a sort of two-way thing? Yeah so the majority of our work is actually open access so um it's mostly young people walking through the door off their own back, maybe word of mouth, maybe a friend's recommended. We do have some targeted support. Usually that's one-to-one where um, other services, perhaps social services, schools, residential care homes might refer to us. And it's usually young people who would perhaps struggle in an open access setting, but might need a bit of, bit of help just to get to that point. And we're continuing to do that. So we're continuing to do some one-to-one work with those that just need that extra bit of space and support. And is that Zoom music mentoring sessions, something like that? Yeah, that's exactly it. So yeah, a lot of songwriting, um, music production, and some of it is just kind of well-being check-ins as well, just to know that someone every week is going to give you a call, see how you're doing and see if there's anything you need. How generally are young people responding, do you feel? I know it's difficult in terms of the numbers and knowing how they're engaging. Do you have a sense of what the young people are feeling about this? I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think some people respond really well, but some young people are actually overwhelmed by, as you say, all all the stuff that's being thrust at them and offered to them online. Yeah, we've we've been really really pleased with the response actually a lot of young people have said that it's it's really helping them to see faces that they recognize regularly the regularity I think is something that they've commented on so one of the questions I've been asking young people every week is do you want us to do something different and getting their feedback but interestingly a lot of them are saying no even if I don't submit a challenge I'm really enjoying seeing that pie factory logo every day and seeing my friends kind of submitting challenges and things like that yeah and we've had a couple of messages from parents as well just saying thank you I think certainly for the older young people um, it's been I think it's been good for them to have a creative outlet that is separate from what schools are are asking of them we've seen quite an interesting mix of young people may be struggling to keep up with some of the work that's being set by schools and others feeling like they don't they're not getting that much but I think it's been important for us to just keep providing a space to be creative for creativity's sake and the whole idea of it being fun you know we're doing it because it's fun and we're doing it because it offers us connection to other people that sense of belonging is the thing that young people are still feeling which was our aim so on the whole we're really pleased with it we've also been quite surprised actually at the amount because we've moved a lot of our 
team onto Instagram and places like that. Actually, how comfortable young people feel in chatting on that platform. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so we've actually seen for, for some young people, that is actually more, it feels more of a safe space for them to be able to reach out for help than say if they were in the youth centre surrounded by 50 other young people and having a conversation with one of our team members. So that's been quite interesting. And I guess because a lot of young people are digitally native, that shouldn't surprise me, but it, but it did actually. Uh, your music leaders online on Instagram at a certain time of the day and they're able to direct message young people through yeah. the Pie Factory account, obviously. Yeah, we have a dedicated time Monday to Friday for an hour, 7.30 to 8.30, where that responsibility lies with different members of our team. And we've done that on purpose, really, so that young people just know at the end of the day, there will always be someone to chat to. I mean, we are checking more regularly than that, sort of our core team, but that dedicated time, yeah, it's proving really valuable, I think, for young people. And we've also set up Instagram group chats as well so if there's a group that are for example our band factory group also have an Instagram group chat that they can chat with us together on that as well and I suppose you've had to consider safeguarding in all this I think most organizations have completely rewritten their safeguarding policies as a result of this yeah very quickly I think when we realized that we were going to trial using zoom we wrote some specific guidance around that for our staff and we've just basically been updating it probably week by week as we've been learning and yeah and I think we're always we're always kind of assessing that balance of the risk of new using newer platforms and less tested platforms over the access it gives you and I think as long as we're completely honest about those things and holding them both um, with open hands then it allows us to kind of use platforms and test them but also be sort of rigorously looking at our policy at the same time. Yeah absolutely everybody's finding out more about security on different platforms aren't they and and what alongside what is working for the young people. So I know you're an inclusion organisation basically um, so it seems a strange question but what are the challenges for inclusion and how are you addressing that? Are there specific challenges within your organisation for inclusion? Yeah so we've definitely experienced barriers to um, people accessing online provision some to do with internet access we've seen that but probably more common than that is the use of a computer which is actually why Instagram has been probably so successful because even if young people don't have a computer at home it's really rare now that they don't have a phone that has access to Instagram Um, so actually that's one of the reasons that we really have pushed that probably above everything else that we're doing because it really is accessible by almost all of the young people that we would usually see and we've also what it's been interesting some of the feedback from young people has also been about the number of people living at home and the shared space so even if they have a computer they've been quite concerned about just the level of noise and chaos in the background if they were to join a video call for example uh, of course yeah um, so that's been interesting just talking that through and offering them other options so for example joining in but keeping your own camera and microphone on mute or joining in with a chat function and chatting in that sense but again for those young people they are still 
communicating with us through our social media channels so for the most part I would say all of the ones who we highlighted that we really wanted to reach we have they maybe haven't transitioned into the online sessions but they're certainly engaging with the daily challenges and picking up the phone when we call to see how they are and that sort of thing but it does make yeah it does make you think about access in a different way moving things online definitely and so for the future do you think you're likely to continue these new ways of working I guess for some young people it may be more accessible and actually that's another question to ask you is do you think you've reached young people you wouldn't have reached before yeah absolutely definitely we've been trying to ask every young people every young person that engages with us whether they've been before to try and get a sense of who they are and how they're finding out about us and yeah we're seeing a lot of young people that have never walked into our centre from across the county yeah I think we've definitely reached a new a new audience in terms of what we will continue I think there's definitely some elements of what we're doing that we will look to continue and look to develop at least this is almost like a bit of a test for what online provision could look like but I would say I would never want online provision to completely replace face-to-face I think there's something really quite beautiful about being in a room with another human, another group of people and connecting with them. And I I think there's just, there's part of that. I think we need to protect and fight for in in an age where we're moving more and more into the digital world. And probably at the other end of all this, people will be so fed up of Zoom calls and online (laughs) that they'll be desperate to get in a room together, won't they? That'll include young people, definitely. So thanks for all that, Steph. That's been brilliant. And is there anything else you'd like to say to others in a similar situation to you? Perhaps anything you've learned that you want to share or any recommendations you have? I think I would just finish by just reflecting on the importance of team. Already before lockdown, I, I knew we had a really amazing team and I've always been grateful for them. But I've seen a level of care and resilience um, and creativity under the pressure of this that we've never seen before. And actually valuing the people in our team that are doing this work that's really, it is quite challenging. It's quite emotional. And I, I've the message I've been saying to our team is that actually you are really important as well and you need to look after yourselves and we've all had to kind of regulate our own situations and take steps back when we needed to and look after each other and I would just say to any other music organizations or individuals working in this field it's it's okay to look after yourself as well um it's okay to be honest about the challenges and yeah just not to get too bogged down with what everyone else is doing I know I've fallen into that sometimes looking at other people's provision and thinking that looks a lot better than ours ultimately it's you know we're all figuring this out and it's important that we get to the end of this as healthy humans ready for the next season that's a lovely thought to end on Steph thanks so much and it sounds like you're doing a brilliant job so thank you for for sharing that with us and very best of luck with all that you're doing that's really great hear about it thanks so if you want to find out more as always i'll share links in the blog post that accompanies this podcast on my website thanks very much that's the end of our show this time thank you for listening to the music for education and well-being podcast and make sure to subscribe so that you get to hear about future episodes 
If you'd like to be on the podcast or you'd like to know more about me and how I help music and creative organisations through communications, then visit writing-services.co.uk and get in touch. Thanks for listening and have a great week.